Hello and welcome to Tape Heads. I'm Sean. And I'm Lindsay. Tape Heads is the podcast where we watch a VHS tape from either my collection or Lindsay's collection and then we talk about it. Um, this is a particularly spooky episode. We're into October now. You don't sound that spooky. Oh, a dead format. It's so obsolete. It's like a ghost. It's funny. We recorded the last episode, The Big Green, and uh, luckily I chose a horror movie as the next episode because uh, we haven't really had time to record until October. So now this is a Halloween episode. Yeah, it didn't help that I wasn't that fond of this movie. Uh, That shocks me. Yeah. Um, I actually fell asleep, so we ended up having to rewatch it, but I really didn't want to rewatch it. Yeah, it was a wild ride trying to get the Ghoulies Go to College episode into the can. But uh, here we are. It's October. We got the Halloween decorations up. The fall leaves are starting to line the streets of our neighborhood. And uh, what better time to watch the third entry in the Ghoulies franchise? I've never seen another Ghoulies movie. Yeah, so I think this is worth talking about. Before we get into the movie itself, there, there's a little bit of context here. When I was growing up, there was a glut of horror movies about these little mischievous monsters. So you got your A-list, which is the Gremlins, of course. Gremlins and Gremlins 2. Okay, for a second, I thought you were going to start listing out the A-list Ghoulies. Oh, no. Well, that's... Your B-list are the Critters. Those are the uh, porcupine guys from outer space. Leonardo DiCaprio has famously had his debut in the third Critters movie. I've never heard of it. They quickly soured into the C and D-list, but they started pretty strong. That second Critters movie in particular is pretty good. Then you get into your C-list, and that's where I'd put the ghoulies. I don't think I'd put it there. Well, that's because you haven't seen Munchies. That's where you get into the D-list. So, I remember going with my dad to Oasis Video, which was the VHS rental place in Visalia. Your off-brand. That was, uh, you know, the three movies, three nights, three dollars. And uh, I would always make a beeline straight to the horror movie section. And I was so intrigued by this series of movies. There, there were three at the time. I think eventually there were four. I haven't seen the fourth Ghoulies to this date. They all had basically the same image on the cover of this monster. Com- the first cover is just a singular ghoulie, like this green goblin coming out of a toilet. And as a kid, your mind is just racing. Like, what could this be? The second movie's cover ups the ante. (laughs) Suddenly there's two monsters coming out of the toilet. But the most interesting one is the third one, Ghoulies Go to College, where not only are there now three of these monsters coming out of the toilet, but they have, like, cap and gown on. Like, they're graduating from a university. (laughs) From, like, yeah, from toilet (laughs) university. And what's funny is I remember when I was a kid... I gave the first Ghoulies a shot, and I really didn't like it. And I liked everything at that age. But I didn't realize that you had seen the first Ghoulies as a child. Well, the first two are PG-13 movies. Oh. They're, they're much tamer than at the least... The third one, the, which yeah. is not... Well, it's interesting. Well, we're going to get into it, but I will say that Ghoulies Go to College, I think, in a lot of ways, is very cartoony. It's very bloodless. Like, I don't, I don't consider it really a violent movie. Is there more violence in the other ones? I think there's actually more violence in the other ones, even though they're more geared towards a younger audience. Huh. 
the progression of this series was the first two, believe it or not, were actually theatrical releases. <laughs> um, Charles Band, who, you know, is kind of this... He's kind of a Roger Corman type of guy, kind of like a B-movie producer, like puppet master movies, that sort of thing. And uh, the way he tells it is he came up with an ad campaign for the first Ghoulies movie that was this monster coming out of the toilet. And they said, wait, that scene doesn't happen in the movie. So they had to go back in and shoot this. It's a really short shot in the first Ghoulies where... A puppet, like a rubber monster puppet, comes out of the toilet. These are all puppet creatures that we're talking about here. There's been conflicting narratives on that. Like, maybe that was the plan all along. But in any event, these monsters coming out of the toilet became a bigger and bigger part of the movie. Because by the second one, you know, which is set at a carnival, you get a few attacks. Like, someone's actually attacked on the toilet by a ghoulie. By the time we get to this third movie, like, they're going whole hog on this toilet thing. Like, the toilet is the portal through which these creatures come into our world. God, I thought you were going to say more that the movie was all about the ghoulies instead of the ghoulies just being kind of this thing that comes out of the darkness and attacks. I would say that this is the first movie where the ghoulies are actually characters. Like, they speak for the first time and ghoulies go to college. I would, weirdly enough, the, as campy as the first two are, I'd say that they're more horror than comedy, whereas this is pretty much a comedy with, like, horror elements to it. Okay. What are your first impressions of Ghoulies Go to College? It didn't feel like any of these kids were at college. It didn't even really feel like high school, but I, I just couldn't believe that any of these people were actually students at a college. They seemed completely unqualified to be there. Yeah, you know, it's funny because this is very much like an Animal House, Revenge of the Nerds style, like college comedy where they're all like pranksters and they're all trying to get one over on the Dean. And that's just, I don't really see how that's like, an accurate depiction of college none since they're it, all paying to be there. None of it makes sense. Like, they have this this prank war that happens every year between these two frats, but instead of just pranking each other, they just prank everyone. And then there's a sense that there's some kind of point system involved, but it, none of it, it, it's just completely arbitrary. I think the thing that was frustrating for me is the movie's called Ghoulies Go to College, but you don't really get to hang out and see the ghoulies until at least half an hour in. Like It takes a long time to get there. Yeah. And you're stuck with these dumb frat brothers and all of their antics instead. It doesn't even feel like a movie that's going to have monsters in it. And you know, I, I have to say, I'm going to tip my cards a little bit. I did not enjoy this movie nearly as much watching it for the podcast. I remember... <laughs> I think looking over and seeing me glowering at the <laughs> screen didn't help. I realize now this is an extremely chauvinistic movie <laughs> filled with like naked women behaving like just... You mean like sexual objects who aren't fully fledged characters and don't act like people? Yeah, I would say that's true. But I think it's more than that. I think it's also my memory of this movie when I first discovered it. I, I think I mostly was remembering all the scenes of the ghoulies. Um, these, these puppets are so much more expressive than in the previous movies. And the fact that they talk and that they're basically just doing a Three Stooges routine 
cat ghoulie, a fish ghoulie, and a rat ghoulie. And you always thought the fish ghoulie was actually a frog. He looks more like a frog than a fish. He does look a little bit like a frog. And um, there's a scene where they literally open a closet and clothes tumble out onto them and they're suddenly dressed. And I think I liked that kind of like living cartoon sensibility that it had. But watching it for the podcast, I realized like that's such a tiny part of it. And for so much of the movie, you're spending a lot of time with the human characters. And that's a big problem because the human characters are like universally unlikable. They're terrible and they have no depth. They they sort of there's one guy who's kind of a main character that they're trying to get you to care about. But even he just sucks. Yeah, that's Skip Carter, played by Evan McKenzie. And yeah, I mean, in my notes here, I even have that. It's a, He's supposed to be our hero, but he sucks. <laughs> and this is set at Glacier College. At the beginning of the movie, we see that these ghoulie creatures were banished to a toilet by an incantation from a comic book called Ghoulish Tales. This had not been the mythology in the previous movies. Well, I didn't think that it was that incantation was recorded in the comic book so this comic book is recording prior events and that's how they're able to come back to life because people read from this comic book does that make sense i agree with you but in the opening scene it's clear that these ghoulies are attacking this student this character who never comes back i was mm -hmm. expecting it to be the professor like as a young man Oh, but I see. he's being attacked and he reads a, a passage from the comic book and they get sucked into this like ancient looking toilet. I see. I guess my assumption had been that he ac accidentally summoned them using the comic book as well. I mean, he may have done that. We don't see how they were summoned yeah. in the first place. They're already there. Yeah. But I guess getting ahead of it a little bit, the professor does end up having this really old book like something you'd see in Giles's library in Buffy mm -hmm. where it has an illustration that's very similar to the comic book illustration. Ghoulish Tales this comic book is sort of like the Necronomicon of this mm -hmm. world. It's almost like it's drawing from real ancient texts but right. and I wish that we knew more about where this comic book came from since it's a, such a big part of this but it seems kind of thrown off like a gag. Yeah. In any event, we skip 21 years later, and uh, we're at Glacier College, and it's prank week between two warring frats, primarily. Beta Zeta Yeta, or BZT, is supposed to be the good frat. Uh, they're, the, they're kind of like, you know, if this is Revenge of the Nerds, they're like the underdogs. We're supposed to like them, and it, they're, the Gamma is the other frat, and they're more like the rich kids frat. They're a little more polished, you know. Hoity-toity, Hoity-toity. But the problem is I think that they're both, like, equally unlikable. Because they're, they're pulling pranks on, like you said, like, innocent bystanders. Yeah. Well, and they just all are so dumb. Yeah, you, you made the <laughs> comment while we were watching this, like, how are any of these people in college... Like, how did they, how were they able to even go to this university? It's unclear if this is like a state school or a community college or... A community college wouldn't have massive fraternities. That's true, yeah. And you still have to pass tests to get into the the entry-level college courses at a community college. Yeah. There are some uh, notable actors 
in The Good Frat, Patrick Laberteau, who I recognize from, like, every 80s teen comedy. I know him best from Heather's, uh, Summer School, Ski School. He's very much a part of that very classic Dean Cameron era. Yeah, we went to a triple feature at the Alamo Draft House of Dean Cameron movies, and he, Patrick Liberto is in two of the three movies that they showed. Yeah. I know him from Jag and Three Ninjas. He's one of the dopey bad guys that's breaking in to get these kids. Yeah. I can't speak for Jag, but... Because I had never saw it. But in all those other movies we've talked about, he kind of plays the same character. He's kind of this, like, dopey-eyed... He's a little more malevolent in Heathers because he's one of the two yeah. jocks that's, like, actively awful. And he plays kind of a jerk in Summer School and stuff, too. He's sort of the jock I feel like type. he's still likable in Summer School. Yeah. Whereas in Heathers, he's, like, completely irredeemable. And when... He's killed by Winona Ryder and Christian Slater. It's, like, not this, like, tragic thing. It's, like, played for laughs. He's a very sweet person in Jag. You love him. Yeah. He pulls your heartstrings. I mean, I think that he's actually pretty charismatic in this. He's probably the best performance in this, aside from the Professor Ragnar, who we'll get to. He has that kind of, like puppy dog look to him yeah he's just like easily excitable but he's kind of a big dummy but you love him anyway (laughs) and then he doesn't have a single line of dialogue in the movie but matthew lillard this is the screen debut of matthew lillard wow and he just plays kind of a dorky guy in the background with glasses and a bow tie he in interviews i was able to dig up an interview where i think it's the only time he ever addressed this but he said that he was paid $50 a day to be an extra on Goulet's Go to College. And basically, I guess, just be the nerd of the frat. Everyone in the frat is just identified by, like, one characteristic. Yeah. Like, Jason Scott Lee's character, the only Asian character in the entire movie, his one character trait is that he loves his radio. And, and he, he wants just, to tell yeah. you all about his, like, sound system. And that's how he's just, like, continually hitting on women at a party by telling them about his sound system and giving them the same lines. But what the funny thing about Matthew Lillard is he claims that he got, like, into the union doing this movie. Like, he was able to get his SAG card, and he was able to get his agent through being in this. So, you know, just a few years later, he was in Scream. This is yeah. 91. That was 96. And so he owes his whole career to this movie. Professor Ragnar, played by Kevin McCarthy, who I know best as the bad guy from UHF. The Weird Al Yankovic movie. Oh, Uh, I haven't seen that. And this professor hates Prank Week so much that he uses the Ghoulish Tales comic to summon the ghoulies and, like, cause such chaos that I guess they can get expelled? I guess that's his motivation? Yeah, because he's essentially sabotaging both of the frats, getting them to think what all the mayhem that the ghoulies are causing is being caused by the opposing frat, right? So then it's kind of escalating the frat war and then making it so that these students and the frats themselves can ultimately be expelled because he's tired of their pranks. And frankly, I don't blame him. Like, he's coming into his classroom. He's, you know, in his 60s. He's too old for this crap. And they've just completely trashed his classroom like the first time we see him they've you know defaced his entire classroom 
There's toilet paper everywhere. They've drawn like an awful drawing of him on the chalkboard. It's like, him as a horse man. Yeah, like horse Asimus, I think is the joke. He's yeah. like he's a Pegasus type character. And it's like if I was Professor Ragnar, I'd probably summon demons to, <laughs> to torture these frat brothers myself. I mean, at least they associated him with ancient legends and the things that he actually teaches. Mm-hmm. He's referred to as a humanities teacher, but that really doesn't seem like the case. It seems like he's, like, obsessed with the occult. Yeah, but isn't the occult ultimately a part of the humanities? Because religious studies and that sort of thing would fall under the humanities. I I guess you got a point there. I learned more about the occult in anthro classes, but... Oh. I mean, I took uh, anthropology of religion, so we looked at different practices that people have. In Anthropology of Religions, did they show Ghoulies go to college? Yeah. Oh. He was on the curriculum, yeah. Oh, okay. I guess part of my frustration with it is it's set up as this movie with monsters. They sort of tease the monsters at the very beginning, but then you don't see them again for more than half an hour, which I think is a mistake because the college students are totally uninteresting. Like you said earlier, the college students, they it's like somebody, they were sitting in the writing room and they thought, Okay, so we got this girl. She's uh, she's into exercising. And then that's in the entirety of her character. So exercising overlaps with sex. So then she's just like obsessed with either constantly having sex or constantly exercising. So when she hooks up with a guy at the party, he needs to take a break because she's too much for him. And so then she just jumps right on and... A uh, some kind of rowing machine because she's just insatiable and can't do anything else because there's nothing else about her. And that's true of most of the other characters, including a lot of the male characters, too. I mean, it would be one thing if they committed to this very much being an over-the-top cartoon and that's yeah. it. And I feel like when the ghoulies are involved, it becomes that. But I feel like they really want us to care about the relationship between Skip and Aaron. Aaron is sort of like this good girl who like there's sort of like this love triangle going on between her and the two leaders of the frats and we're supposed to be rooting for Skip but this same thing just keeps playing out where Aaron is like I don't want you pranking all the time I want to get I want you to get serious about your studying and stuff. Well and she walks in during a party and he's groping at a woman's breasts as he's kind of half-assedly trying to take a moose head off of her head. I don't understand why that naked woman had a moose head on her head. Was it a moose? It was some kind of... Or a deer head. Yeah deer head. What's funny is I saw that and I didn't uh, I thought that he was just trying to take it off of her. Do you think he was, like, groping her? Well, because his arm's around his her boobs and is kind of, like, lifting up oh, on her boobs. yeah. I don't know. I feel like that was supposed to be played as if, oh, you caught me in such a predicament, but this isn't what I was doing yeah. sort of thing. But I think I can... that was my impression of it the first time I saw it, but on our rewatch, because I fell asleep... <laughs> Uh, I noticed that his arms were much more, his arm was around her chest, where he could have grabbed her more around the waist, but didn't. I mean, he should just have both hands on the deer head. Right, he doesn't even have to put an arm around her at all. Yeah. Um, And he, he just basically keeps getting caught in these 
unfortunate situations where he's also like seen talking to the exercise girl while she's like in her underwear for some reason because women don't really wear clothes in this movie yeah there's a lot of scenes of lots of women in their underwear or nude because they're very much trying to go for like a body sex comedy type vibe yeah like the panty raid so they have this yearly panty raid and they go to the to the soror it seems like it must be a sorority they go to the sorority and the ghoulies and the frat brothers are sitting outside this house watching through the window separate from each other and these girls are talking about this time they're not gonna get our panties and they're all standing around in their underwear because that's what women do when they're just women in a room they just stand around in their lingerie with big buckets of dirty laundry that they're going to be washing that's entirely underwear and the ghoulies at one point are uh peering in at a woman i guess it's also the exercise girl as she's just kind of like dancing to herself and doing a strip tease and it's unclear like she's just by herself so i guess it's just for the audience and they have another woman do that because if you're a woman alone you're just dancing around pulling off your underwear (laughs) by an open window uh yeah i can't really defend any of that (laughs) i i guess i'll just try and make an attempt to explain like why i wanted this on the show really quick though so i had actually fallen asleep before the panty raid scene so i saw it for the first time tonight and it was funny because sean kept trying to fast forward through it (laughs) because he was he realized that i was really not happy with it and then i said well i missed this we have to watch it like i need to see what's happening and then (laughs) we we got through it we got through it i'll I'll say this like my memory of the movie is that there's these stupid rubber puppet monsters running around and breaking things and acting like the three stooges and constantly like making these like wise cracks like hey check it out oh out of the way like bonk like even using um three stooges style like sound effects there's a scene where richard kind as the cat ghoulie opens a fridge that's absolutely filled with towers of beer <laughs> and the cat ghoulie goes i'll just take one and he takes like a load bearing beer and they all fall down on the ghoulies like that stuff is very like endearing to me no, i love that they all fall down they look like full beers and as you pointed out while we were watching it when they fall they all they're all crumpled and clearly empty <laughs> Yeah, it's like they didn't have the budget to just go out and buy beer. So they went through the recycling. Yeah. Yeah. And also prominent Miller Lite advertising in this movie. Those vintage cans have come back. The ones that are so prominently featured that just say light on them. But in rewatching this movie, you know, as we were sort of wading through all the stuff with the frat brothers and like neither of us were having a good time. And... (laughs) I was kind of like, don't worry, Lindsay, once the ghoulies show up, they're so clever. All the things they say are just so funny. Like, you and I are just going to be laughing. But the ghoulies show up, and it's like the director is like, I don't know, just improv. So there'll just be whole, like, 
two minute sections where you listen to the ghoulies and they're just going like, hey, check it out. Oh, you check it out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like they're just kind of making sounds and it's like. Not even just that. They're narrating what they're doing. So, oh, look, pizza. Oh, I like pizza. Like they, and there's then no say, jokes. And then he just says, I'm going to eat pizza. You eat pizza? And then the next one is maybe like picking something up and he's saying, I'm picking this up. And granted, there are sometimes gags that I feel like were in the script, but most of it is just vamping. And I feel like a big note that they kept getting from the director was, you know, make it like the Three Stooges. There's three of you, you're bonking each other a lot. Like, there's clearly, like, the cat Ghoulie is clearly curly because he's the dumb one. He's the one who gets beaten up the most. But they took that note, and it's like those three actors were just like, huh, what lines do I remember from the Three Stooges? Oh, well, they go spread out. That's one thing that the Three Stooges do. They go spread out, like when someone is in the middle. So you'll listen to the ghoulies, and, like, they'll say, spread out, spread out. Like, they'll just keep saying that (laughs) over and over as if the voice actors are like, what else do the Three Stooges say? So it's just a lot of vamping and it feels like a lot of the ghoulies kind of like padding for time until their actual like lines that are written come up. And that to me is frustrating. To get to the part with the ghoulies, I was so excited I was pumping you up because my memory of this is very different than the movie we actually watched. And even after the ghoulies get there, we're still only with them maybe half the time. Yeah. Because apparently they were too expensive to keep moving the puppets around. The movie wants you so badly to care about this love triangle, except Aaron is also a bad character. I mean, as bad as the frat characters... Aaron the girl. Aaron the girl. Yeah. Like, as bad as the frat boy characters are, the women in this are not developed at all. So, like, whether or not these people, like, get together, I don't care. Who gets the prank crown at the end of prank week, I don't care. And also, just the way that they talk becomes annoying, because all of them refer to, like, oh, I'm gonna do some prank yanking, and there's a lot of talk of, like, prank yanks, as if that's a thing. And it's just kind of this, it's very repetitive on this watch, because all I want are the ghoulies, but then we get them, and their material is pretty bad. They kind of just, it's a lot of stale Three Stooges lines. And then we get, when we get to the frat boys, it's like, all I want is to get back to those ghoulies again. Yeah. Well, another example of the unimaginative characters, because you mentioned the Asian American guy who only talks about these, like, three sentences about his radio. And then you've got the overweight guy who is sitting there piling up an entire pizza into one stack so that he can bite all the slices at once because that's what you do when you're you're really heavy is you're just only thinking about getting as much pizza as you can in one bite. Mm-hmm. And I think as this is a Halloween episode, another complaint I have with this is this just doesn't work as a horror movie. I mean, the first two movies were horror movies, and I get that this is sort of a new tangent But it really is just a slapstick comedy. There's, like, the ghoulies kill three different people, and they're all these sort of bloodless, cartoony, like, not suspenseful at all killings. Like, one guy... forget that they're dead. Yeah, like, Marsha Wallace, uh, who famously voiced Mrs. Kerbopel, R.I.P. And famously was in Teen Witch as a teacher. Oh, yeah. I love Marsha Wallace. She's great. But, like, her death scene is they comically, like, pull out her tongue, and her tongue is, like, but they stretch it so it's, like, a mile long, and then they wrap it around her. 
all the kills are just very bloodless, like killing someone with a plunger, pushing them in the toilet, and it's like, oh, the, if, and then they the guy had poop all over his face. If you're if you're graduating to an R rating, I expect the kills to be, you know, this this guy uh, this director John Carl Beekler directed Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven, so I feel like he should Was know a thing or two about staging elaborate kills. He's also a makeup designer, but or a makeup artist by trade. So that's really weird. I feel Did like he this do the should... Friday the seven, uh, Friday the Thirteenth, the Seventh film after this? It was before this, and there's even a cameo by Kane Hodder who plays Jason starting in that movie. It's really weird that he pulled. That there's really not much violence in this at mm-hmm. all. It would be cool if there was more violence because they're going from PG-13 to R in this franchise. But it's also, all there's just boobs. There's no it's, suspense. Yeah. Like, there's no horror here. Dear listener, before you go, well, like, what were you expecting with a movie called Ghoulies Go to College? And it's like, <laughs> look, I like Animal House and I like Ghoulies 1 and 2. Like, I think those are uh, those are both fine. But, like, when they've been put together here, you know, I think of Ghoulies 2 in particular, a really crazy movie where the ghoulies are, like, high-fiving each other as the, as the camera slowly zooms in. But there's also, like, some good suspenseful horror beats in it, too. Whereas this movie just has none of that. It's purely, like, like you said, it's just, like, boobs and the ghoulies doing Three Stooges gags for 90 minutes. Yeah. And dumb frat bros i think it was worse than elves i think i might have liked worse than elves i think i liked this less because at least uh, elves was more interesting elves is a bonkers movie i'll give you that uh if you haven't listened to the elves episode that is a christmas time horror movie where grizzly adams fights an elf that was genetically engineered by the nazis and it has a lot of uncomfortable oh, wait. incest. I just remembered the incest part of it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's really bad, but at least it was interesting. I think this, just to me, wasn't that interesting. I think this is a better movie than Elves. Elves is a movie that I just feel like I need to take a shower after watching. Yeah, it's, so it's pretty gross. awful. I think I blocked out half of it when I said it was better. But I don't know. I, don't, I guess I don't think it's better necessarily, but at least it, it was trying to do different things and they had had a little bit more going on yeah. even if it wasn't good and i i'll only dip my toe into this but i think it's worth talking about um we're recording this on saturday october 6th 2018 this is the day that brett kavanaugh has been confirmed to the supreme court and i think it is harder to watch I, I mean, this is a lot of, like, rape culture type stuff. What do you think, Lindsay? I think it definitely touches on that. I mean, you've got these guys that are drinking, getting girls drunk, and prank yanking, and sexually harassing them to grab their panties and all this stuff. Like, it's very suggestive of all of that. And they're very protected from everything that they're doing right like they they ultimately face no consequences and do this every year yeah and even the arc of skip is supposed to be like the good girl aaron is trying to convince him to become a better student and stop prank yanking but at the end he puts on the prank crown and still gets the girl yeah and it's kind of like there is 
I don't know. It's impossible to kind of watch movie. I think movies like this have sort of been colored for me by yeah. the events of this whole Supreme Court confirmation. Yeah. I know that's even... insane to... I know that's a lot to put yeah. on Ghoulies Go to College. Uh, I think before that with... I mean, with the presidential election and everything, like, these are all trends that we've seen for decades, but it's just so much in our faces right now. Mm-hmm. We're kind of in the ghoulies go to college segment of American history in that there's no subtlety anymore. It's really in our face. I, I think it is interesting to kind of consider it in in the light of current events. And it doesn't help it at all. <laughs> I, I would say that this weird part of history that we're currently in, like, who knows if it's a blip or if this is just the way things will be forever... It, it has colored some of these old 80s and 90s movies for me quite a bit. Like, I think, I mean, the first time I saw this was firmly in the Obama administration, and I think I just wasn't really thinking critically about the behavior of all the characters in this movie. I was just kind of like, it's a fun, dumb horror movie, and I'm having a good time. But yeah. it really is, like, it's hard for me to watch Ghoulies Go to College now. Yeah, uh, I also think... Not even just that, but I think we all grow as people, you know, throughout our lives. And I think that's one of the things in doing this podcast that I've realized is these movies you could have so much affection for when you see them, each time you see them, you can see them in a new light or there's an opportunity to see them in a new light. And that's not necessarily a forgiving light. Uh, I don't think this is a movie I ever would have liked personally. That's fine. I can see what's fun about it. <laughs> In, in other films, like with, you know, Man of the House and a lot of different ones, I see, I, can, I, I see them with a different perspective because of the different experiences or things that I've seen going on in the world or in my own life. And I think that's one of the very interesting things about doing this podcast. At the end of the movie, the ghoulies somehow merge with uh, Professor Ragnar and he becomes uh, kind of an interesting creature design. I mean, he's got like the big mouth on his stomach that talks and like mimics everything he says. It's so gross. And they're able to defeat him. I felt so bad for that actor, Kevin McCarthy, who uh, who had to be under all that makeup and, you know, be like doing all these like stunts and stuff. Although clearly yeah. some shots were a stunt double, but yeah, they defeat him by flushing the uh, comic book down the toilet and everything's fine. Uh, Aaron decides that he can continue, uh, that her boyfriend can just continue being the person he is and he's learned nothing. <laughs> and they kiss and then a ghoulie hand pops out of the toilet holding a Miller Light can and crushes it. Uh, and we realize we've all been watching one long Miller Light commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I still wonder if Either Miller Lite donated the beers to the production, or they were hoping to get a Miller Lite sponsorship, and then it didn't work out. Well, Sean, I think it's about that time. Oh. Do you buy it, rent it, or tape over it? I never thought I'd say this, because, you know, before this rewatch, I would have been in the buy it category. I thought, I, I thought of this as, like, such a dumb, fun movie, but this is a tape over it. Like, I think this is the biggest reappraisal I've had of a movie on the show, <laughs> which I know is weird to say about Ghoulies Go to College, but, you know, it, this is Halloween time. I'm a big horror buff. I'm very forgiving of bad horror movies. I mean... 
I'll watch Thanks Killing. I'll watch Elves. Like, I'll watch a lot of, like, really bad stuff and find merit in it. And indeed, I think that there is some merit to this movie. I think that the ghoulies are, like, well-designed. I, I like some of the voice acting. But this was not an enjoyable experience. It kind of made me depressed <laughs> revisiting Ghoulies Go to College. And I, I really I feel think like I created a black cloud for you. No, it's not you. I, I mean, I, I think a lot of it is just where we are as a country, weirdly. <laughs> and I also just think, like, my memory was very forgiving of the shortcomings of this movie. I forgot what drudgery it is spending so much time with the human characters. And then when you get to the ghoulies, they aren't as much fun as I'd like them to be. So, yeah, tape over it. I'm guessing you're a buy it. Oh, yeah, solid. <laughs> no, uh, definitely a tape over it. I can see where there are parts of this movie that could be fun, but the the whole package is not so great, and I don't really recommend it to anyone. All right. Well, Lindsay, it's up to you to redeem October with a solid <laughs> Halloween pick. Have you got a spooky tape picked out for us? I know how spooky it is. It's technically a monster movie, but it's not really thought of as a classic Halloween movie. I want to watch The Mummy, starring Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz. Oh, I remember really liking that as a kid. I loved it as a kid. I do remember that the third one in China is awful. I never made it that far. I didn't see the Scorpion King spinoff either. Oh, I saw that in theaters. That was not very good. Yeah, you know, I actually have very strong Halloween associations with that movie because I would always have a... Halloween costume party for my birthday because that's in October. <laughs> so cute. And I remember uh, one of my friends, Dillian, gave me The Mummy on VHS and I'd never seen it before. So I watched it a lot like in October, like right after I got the uh, cassette tape. Oh, that's so cute. I'd like to thank Will Price for use of his song Mandatory Groove. You can hear more of Will's music at soundcloud.com slash gargantulon. You can learn more about us and our other episodes at tapeheadspodcast.com. If you have any questions, please email us at tapeheadspodcast at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear your feedback. Please rate and review on iTunes. That's it for Tapeheads. I'm Sean. And I'm Lindsay. Until next time. <laughs>